You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for April 1st, 2021, Wandy Thursday. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Dr. Justin Crisp. For those of you who know me, this confession is not going to come as any surprise, but I am a neat freak. The less charitable way to put it would be, I'm a little anal. I like things to be just so. I don't think I'm alone either in this room, if I know some of you right, which brings me some consolation. I'm the kind of person whose favorite household tool is the magic eraser, which I'm convinced really is magic, because it could take everything from scuffs off a wall to stains off a countertop, and I want all of them to be spotless. I'm the kind of person who snaps at 11 o'clock at night and decides to shampoo the carpets, because that makes all the sense in the world, or who blows the leaves off the patio at 7 o'clock in the morning, or leaves a gathering of friends in my living room to magic eraser the grout in our kitchen backsplash. You all should feel very sorry for my wife, Jewel. Say a prayer for her on this most holy of nights. In any case, it was something of a revelation to me that there was another way of relating to imperfections, dings, dust, and dirt. One that was really brought home to me a little over three years ago. As many of you also know, I was ordained a priest here in this church just over six years ago by Bishop Richard Grine, who had some years before been St. Mark's bishop in residence while his wife, Anne, served as a priest here and I was still a seminarian at Yale. Mother Anne and the bishop and I all kept up with each other after Anne retired from St. Mark's and they returned to New York and I spent a great deal of time with them in their Upper West Side apartment. But somehow, three years passed and we never managed to get my ordination certificate from that service in February of 2015 signed by the bishop. Something that I really only realized when Mother Anne tragically died in January of 2018. Bishop Grine moved to the West Coast to be closer to his children, and in the move, his daughter, Margaret, found my ordination certificate. Some months after the bishop's move in April, the sale of their New York apartment closed, and Margaret called me and we hatched a plan to get my certificate signed and sealed. She would have her dad to sign the certificate and would bring it with her to New York when she came to finalize the sale on her dad's behalf. All good, but one catch. Our ordination certificates don't just have a signature, They have a wax seal. I mean, it's like something out of The Lord of the Rings. (laughs) They have a wax seal which is stamped with the Episcopal ring worn by the bishop who ordained us. And Margaret said she would bring the bishop's ring with her and we would see what happened. So far, so good. We met up at the bishop's old apartment. I got a stick of red sealing wax from my sister in Tennessee and Margaret's got the ring, and we decide we need to do a test run. We sit down at one of the most fabulous pieces of furniture in the Bishop and Anne's old apartment, a white saranum tulip 
table. Many of you know exactly the, the table I'm talking about. It was gorgeous, and Anne told me once she got it out of steel at Mayfair. I'm melting the wax on a piece of notebook paper or something. I mean, it's incredibly thin. That was my mistake. Because the red color of the wax bled right through the paper and right onto the serenade table. And it created the most hideous, red, splotchy streak on this glistening white piece of mid-century perfection. <laughs> I was horrified and a little terrified, to be honest with you, of what the bishop or the ghost of Ann Richards might do to me, having ruined their table. I've got to get a magic eraser, I shouted to Margaret. And Margaret said, don't you dare. She said, my dad is going to love it that this splotch of red on his table came from sealing your ordination certificate. Now, I admit, I don't know if Bishop Grind loved it or not. I've always been too afraid to ask him. But I tell you this story because I think God is a lot more like Margaret and a lot less like me than we might think. I think many, if not all of us, harbor the suspicion that we need to be perfect, clean, without blemish, in order to be in God's presence and good graces. And yet, this evening's liturgy for Maundy Thursday, which commemorates the Last Supper Jesus had with his friends the night before he died, his gift to us of the sacrament of the Eucharist, his giving to us of the new commandment. All of this points in exactly the opposite direction. God doesn't see blemishes, chips, or mistakes and reach for the magic eraser or the crazy glue. Rather, God holds them, heals them if necessary, and cherishes them instead. In our reading from 1 Corinthians, St. Paul says that when Jesus took the bread, he broke it. Jesus did so, of course, at one level for a very practical reason. He had to break it in order to share it with others. He had one loaf, and he had to give it to his friends. But I think Jesus also did it for another reason, as a kind of foreshadowing of his crucifixion and death. I think the Last Supper is a kind of paschal mystery in miniature. An incarnation as Christ assumes bread and wine as his body and blood. A crucifixion as Christ's sacramental body is broken and consumed. A resurrection in grace given and bestowed. This is the shape of God's work in the world. It is the watermark God leaves in creation. The light motif sung by the earthquake on Good Friday and the stone rolled away on Easter morning. The truth that new life emerges out of brokenness, not as a reward for never having been broken at all. We and our whole world, I think, are in a tender place this Holy Week. The pandemic has taken a terrible toll on all of us.
Some of us more severely than others, to be sure, but all of us in some way or other. And if you're like me, you found yourself feeling rather desperate for a magic eraser or some super glue to get rid of the stains which have accumulated on your heart in the past year, or to iron out the bad habits you've somehow developed, or to paste your tattered or heartbroken soul back together. And my prayer for each and every one of you, for all of us, is that we would enter into the mystery of these three great days together, sure in the knowledge that God loves broken things. Absolutely loves them. That God does not despise them, but embraces them, uses them, regardless of whether they've been broken by sin, as Judas's betrayal broke Jesus' heart, or whether they're broken by love, as Jesus broke himself open, not just on the cross, but at the table with his friends. Sure in the knowledge that it will be God right there on that altar. God right here on the screen. God in the mouths of men, women, and people around the world and down through the ages. God baking and breaking himself over and over and over again to give himself into the hands and hearts of broken people living in broken places. Whatever brokenness you might be carrying this Maundy Thursday, I invite you to bring it spiritually, in whatever way is possible for you, to the altar. To let God make it his, as the bread is broken again, and his body is broken again, and the world is broken again. And pray God to work the miracle of these three great days again, with your brokenness too. Pray that God would make you, would make us, a people after his own heart, who live after the manner of his own life, whose lives look like Eucharists, who wash feet, who love one another as he has loved us, a people who, like God, love broken people, broken places, broken things. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can find more sermons on our website at www.stmarksnewcanon.org.